0: Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club.
1: And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time.
0: Hello, and welcome to the dueling club. You're, like, confused.
1: Continue with the opening. I'm Al. And I'm Jen.
0: So, like I said, you're confused.
1: A little bit. Is it because Chanel was walking away? She was walking around, so
0: it would have been, like, a polluted little mite.
1: Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I just looked at it, like... What are you doing? At this point, but then just I thought just, about I'm it. Even
0: they're just no, like, they're, they're not. Just
1: like, they're like, oh, there's Chanel in the background.
0: Every, every intro is just wrong.
1: She's got to She's got a... She's got a... No, okay. Don't answer it. I'm not
0: going to answer your phone.
1: Thank you. No, so... I'm getting a phone call that we're not answering. And the person I'm getting a phone call from is actually the real estate agent that I went through to get the apartment that we live in right now that we're going to leave. Mm-hmm. This woman is the flakiest woman ever in life. I oh, there's a parade leave. outside.
0: Okay. I'm hearing random trumpets and I'm like, wow, am I <laughs> going crazy? No, you a cool way to go crazy, starting to hear trumpets, but like.
1: I don't know. I wouldn't want to have auditory hallucinations.
0: What if it's drums?
1: That's also a little weird. The sound of drums. Though. Yeah, but we're not Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> anyway, so I think that she's a, a nice person overall. This is the
0: worst thing to record.
1: I know. I think she's a nice person overall. However, she's the biggest flakety, flakiest flake that ever flaked.
0: <laughs>
1: I haven't heard from her in like. Eight months. Um, And before then, she wanted me to work with her. And I'm like, okay, give me something concrete and I will absolutely help you out, you know, for a a nominal fee. However, nothing concrete ever happened. And then she basically ghosted me. And then all of a sudden, now she wants to show up again after eight months. I don't think so. If you're going to ghost me, like, whatever. First of all, that's a crappy thing to do. Don't ghost people. But if you have your reasons, all right, whatever. Then stay away. Don't just randomly try to come back again. That's ridiculous.
0: It's because you're dipping.
1: Dipping What's dipped. What Left. Oh yeah. Well, wow, you and your up on. I'm not. I'm not. You're old. It's okay. It happens. Uh, yeah. I mean, eventually, we all get old.
0: See, young kids have, like, their cool slang. You have a 401k. Like, it is what it is. There's trade.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the youngins have their slang. I have my house.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, different, different priorities. Yep. <laughs> to say. It's true, though. Mm-hmm. Like, young people... Super excited about the most current video game band that's going to come and play or whatever. Video game that's coming out or band that's coming to play. I know I'm putting it in there now. Me, however, I'm excited that somebody's currently doing the floors and painting my house. You're like, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So I've entered a new stage in my life. Where it's like, I'm adulting real hard. Nice. Yeah. I got a 401k. I got a mortgage. You better work, B. Ouch. <laughs> that second
0: I'm... one is not a... We did not celebrate this.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> we celebrate the thing that comes along with the mortgage. Because yeah. the house. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... Okay, so there's this one TikToker. Go, yeah, dead. Like. <laughs> no, there's this one TikToker I follow. Her name is Sarai, or something. She does these things where she tells people to to act their wage, and um, okay. she tells her boss Susan respectfully. Susan respectfully. Susan, no. Mm. whenever Susan tries to do anything to her. And she, a year ago, and she puts it every once in a while as the sound to some of her stuff. It's like, you like to have a house? You like to have Starbucks? You better work B. You know, I'm not going to say the bad word, but Mm -hmm. you all know what B stands for. So whenever I think about having to adult, I'm like, you have a mortgage? You want a 401k? You want to retire at a reasonable age? You better work, B.
0: Apparently, studies show that people now are not saving for retirement.
1: No, way. I understand that. I I do too. I I, I get it. Where we are,
0: retirement is actually okay. For people who are listening, yes, you should plan for your future. <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Do not plan for retirement. And that sounds kind of nonsensical and like kind of crazy. Retirement is at 65. You can retire earlier, but typically retirement is at 65. You've given up your best years. Some people <laughs> don't even reach 65. Yeah. So plan None for None of your... our
1: grandparents reached 65. Exactly. Not a single one.
0: Exactly. So plan for your nearer future than 65. Enjoy the current <laughs> life that you have. Don't shirk on your responsibilities, but enjoy the now much more than... Yeah, I no, I can't go out now. I have to save up for what? Retirement. No. See,
1: but that's the thing. When I say I'm saving for retirement, it's I'm putting in the amount of money that my job will match into my 401k -hmm. so that that's there. I'm also making sure to save money (coughs) in various other methods. You know, I have the traditional savings account, but that's just linked to my checking so that we can do stuff We also save money on the side to accommodate any random thing that we need to do. Like we're finally going to be moving in a couple of weeks full time, like for real moving out of New Jersey and, you know, moving into our house. Um, We have the money to pay for the movers through that extra money that we saved. And then we also have other money that we save for like. Earmarked specifically for things, like earmarked for a vacation that we want to take next year. Mm-hmm. in the first half of the year. Earmarked specifically to do things.
0: you coming with us?
1: I don't know. Hey. I don't know. That's like I'm saying specific. So there's a wedding we have to go to in May. I know. It's one of his close friends, but they're doing it on a cruise. Okay. Yeah. So I need to find out when that happens. Because, again, I might not be able to do it. I may or may not be, depending on when it happens, you know? We'll see. But I'm not saving to eventually have the life I want to live then. No, I'm not going to wait until I'm retired to live the life I want to live. No,
0: exactly. That's that's the thing. It's like, yeah, save up for your retirement at 65, and it's like, well, what are you gonna get 65? Like, go play shuffleboard? Like, yell at young kids for being on your lawn? Like, no, dude, you need like money now to enjoy your years now. Again, don't don't pretend like at six. Like, if you get to 65, you know, lucky, but like, you have to have something. You yeah. want to have a house, you want to have some money to rely on, you know. But also, I mean like don't don't listen to people who are like, "Oh my god, you you silly kids if you just stop buying your avocado toast and your Starbucks." Hey, if you're working full time, go get yourself at Starbucks.
1: Okay. Not every can day, I just can I just say that 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 in general bothers me? Oh, bother me so because much. it's it's trying to call someone out incorrectly. Let's instead of focusing on the fact that a full uh, somebody who works full time and earns a full time wage is barely making ends meet and wants to treat themselves every once in a while with a Starbucks coffee, instead of focusing on the fact that they want to treat themselves every once in a while, how about we focus on the fact that they can barely make ends meet with a full time job? How about we focus on the fact that people are not paying livable wages, so people have to have multiple jobs. So what if they want to treat themselves to to a Starbucks coffee every once in a while, or have Netflix, or Disney Plus, or any of the other streaming services, or every once in a while want to buy themselves something pretty to wear, or nice to wear, depending on if you don't want to call your clothes pretty, you know? Why does why does doing something good for yourself mean that you're wasting money? Granted, I mean, I'm not saying don't shop every day and buy 70 million things all the time and use money that should be paid, should be used to pay your bills. Don't use that to, to frivolously spend. But is giving yourself a treat every once in a while you frivolously spending or are you engaging in a form of... Buzzword, self-care.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel, that's why, like, um, I've seen. I'm not sure if it was a TikTok or someone just saying, "Yeah, you you guys just aren't working hard enough. Your generation doesn't know what hard work is," uh-huh. and it's like. Bro, Get out of here with that noise. Back when you were a teenager, you could buy a house for like $20,000, bro.
1: Back when people... The people who say you don't work hard enough, the older people who say that, Mm -hmm. back in their day, they could work a summer at the ice cream shop and make enough money to pay for their year of college. Mm Mm-hmm. Without having to take out loans, without having to... kill themselves during the year to make ends meet they could work during one summer at an ice cream place and have enough money to pay for their years of their year of college tuition this, so don't try to equate what you live through with what we are living through
0: like I said you could buy a house for like twenty to $40,000 whereas that is now a down payment for a house yes like...
1: Closing costs. Yeah. Nobody tells you. And nobody tells you when you go into the process what all goes into it. Nobody tells you until you're in the middle of it. One of our friends uh, bought a house during this time too. They made her take a an online course. Once she had already put in an offer on the house. Once she had already decided that she was buying a house, put in an offer... And, like, her offer got accepted, the mortgage company made her do this online course that started with, is now the right time for you to buy a house? Mm. And both of us at the same time said to each other, you know, this video would have been helpful before I put an offer in on the house. Incredible. I swear it's like the the tightest kept secret until you're in it. If anyone is in the middle of buying a house in the United States and you need advice or you want to vent to someone, please just I am us and I I personally will answer those questions for you so that it's not a surprise. Cause nobody tells you. Nope. Okay. You know what else nobody tells you that they should on a regular basis? Mm. You should like, follow, and subscribe.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: I know. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, sort of, kind of. You can listen to us on any streaming platform. We're hosted on Podbean. But you can listen to us on iTunes and Google Play and CastBox and all those wonderful things. Boom. You like how I slipped that in?
0: You didn't really slip it in. I know. You, you shoved it in really hard.
1: That doesn't sound good. So anyway, it's been a minute since um, Al and I have seen each other. Um, because, you know, I bought a house. But for you guys, it's going to be pretty seamless because we took the break up front and now you're getting our previously recorded stuff.
0: Is that your excuse that you're making for now posting the stuff that we recorded weeks ago?
1: Yeah, that's the excuse. Amazing, okay. I like it. Yeah, so basically, there was a whole lot of stuff that happened, and I bought a house, and work has been really rough. And the the really rough is basically because I all of my customers are renewing and truing up and all that one whatever, they're doing all of their big money moves right now, and that requires a lot of effort from me.
0: how you don't know like non. Work terms. A lot of my customers are renewing previous orders and like placing new orders. You could have said,
1: "Yeah," but they're also starting new agreements and renewing agreement, like
0: which in the end requires just more. Yeah, basically, money moves again.
1: It's fine. (laughs) Um. So that has been a thing, and remember, I think I mentioned it. I don't know if I mentioned it in a previous episode. I don't remember. Um, I got a promotion, so it requires more work and more commitment. And I still have that one person who sends me a message like, oh, hey, and the second I respond back, they call me. That's not appropriate business etiquette. Okay, me responding to you is not the green light for you to randomly call me. That's rude. I'm not prepared. And I have no idea what you want to talk about. So then I have to scramble to figure out an answer for you. And I don't like that. It's still infinitely better than the crappy people who call me without any warning. I just don't answer those calls. I don't. Okay. I force them to reach out to me via email or IM.
0: I think it's pretty reasonable.
1: Yeah. Like, you don't randomly call someone without...
0: If something isn't urgent,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then you can succinctly, if you're not all goofy in the head, know how to succinctly put something in one email. Hey, uh, I was thinking uh, about this situation that I had, and I had a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first question, bold and point. Second question. Second question and but
1: question. you know what it is? Those people who don't follow the the... The path that they've been given to communicate with me and, and my team and all of that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to jump ahead in line. They're that person who goes to a store and is standing in line behind other people and see somebody behind the registers just walking because maybe they have to go grab something. Jumps out of the line and says, oh, you can help me, right? And it's like, no. No, I can't. Get back in line. No, you can't get back in line because you stepped out. Go to the back of the line. Don't try to jump in ahead of people in line. It's rude and it's not going to work out for you most of the time. Agreed. In life and in work, like regular life and work life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, so. <clears throat> Excuse me, I apologize. I moved away as much as I could. Um we are in season six Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Right? Yes. Okay, so we today's episode is on chapter three. Yes. Chapter three Will and Won't. Well then. Um, so let's just do a quick recap of the last chapters, basically. Um, since we're an
0: unbreakable vow, Bellatrix is annoying. Snape is sneaky. Help! Help! Draco do bad thing.
1: Yes. But... Because Narcissa needs help.
0: Why does it matter?
1: Well, because so no no it's because it's the first time we really get to see um, Narcissa for more than a second. She was in. Um, Goblet of Fire at the Quidditch World Cup. Mm -hmm. That's the first time we really see her. Mm -hmm. But this is the first time we actually get dialogue from her. Mm -hmm. And that's how we find out that everybody's interrelated. Basically, like if you didn't know it before. We did also find out in the previous book that all of the Blacks and the Malfoys are intermarried. But this is the first time we see Narcissa.
0: hmm
1: Okay. Anyway, so that's yeah, where I we're at.
0: Been anyone who asked. I mean, it's, oh. it's nice because it's his mom, but anyone could yeah. have asked to, for Draco's help from Malfoy, which is why I said.
1: Yeah, but there. his aunt, Bellatrix is his aunt. She's not going to do it. So I didn't to me, family, though. exactly. So to me, it makes perfect sense that his mom was the one to say, Hey, he's got this task to do that the dark lord has placed upon him. If he can't do it, will you help him? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, Please, begging. And he's like, Yeah, I guess I can try. And then Bellatrix is like, Nah, nah, bro, not just try, do. And that's what happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where we are. Yes. So, do you want to go? Mm-hmm.
0: So will and won't at yes. the Dursley's house. Harry is leaning against his window, asleep. Scattered about his room are many copies of Daily Prophet. The paper now hails Harry as the chosen one, who it is believes. Will be instrumental in the recently turned Voldemort's downfall.
1: And that's what we heard from Fudge when he was talking to the other minister in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, Where he was talking to the Muggle Prime Minister, because the Muggle Prime Minister referred to Fudge as the other minister. Mm, um, Where it was like, hey, yeah, Harry Potter said he was back. We didn't really listen. And now I try to get Dumbledore to talk to him to help out, but... Oh, no, nothing's happening. And now I'm not minister anymore.
0: I'll well, what you got.
1: Yeah. So we have some, some things. They mentioned some articles. So here's one. It says, Harry Potter, the chosen one? Question mark. Rumors continue to fly about the mysterious recent disturbance at the Ministry of Magic, during which he who must not be named was cited once more. We're not allowed to talk about it. Don't ask me anything, said one agitated obliviator. Wow. Who refused to give his name as he left the ministry last night. Nevertheless, highly placed sources within the ministry have confirmed that the disturbance centered on the fabled Hall of Prophecy. Though ministry spokeswizards have hitherto refused even to confirm the existence of such a place a growing number of the wizarding community believe that the death eaters now serving sentences in azkaban for trespass and attempted theft were attempting to steal a prophecy the nature of that prophecy is unknown although speculation is rife that it concerns harry potter the only person ever known to have survived the killing curse and who is also known to have been at the ministry on the night in question Some are going so far as to call Potter the Chosen One, believing the prophecy named him as the only one who will be able to rid us of he who must not be named. The current whereabouts of the prophecy, if it exists, are unknown, although. And then it continues. And then there's a second newspaper that says uh, Scrimjar succeeds Fudge. Rufus Scrimjar, previously head of the R office in the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, has succeeded Cornelius Fudge as Minister of Magic. The appointment has largely been greeted with enthusiasm by the wizarding community. The rumors of a rift between the new minister and Albus Dumbledore, newly reinstated chief warlock of the Wizengamot, resurfaced within hours uh, or surfaced within hours of Scrimjar taking office. Scrimjar's representatives admitted that he had met with Dumbledore at once upon taking possession of the top job, but refused to comment on the topics under discussion. Albus Dumbledore is known to, and it says continued, page three, column two. And then there's another story that says ministry guarantees student safety. Uh, Newly appointed Minister of Magic, Rufus Grimjaros, spoke today of the tough new measures taken by his ministry to ensure the safety of students returning to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry this autumn. For obvious reasons, the ministry will not be going into detail about its stringent new security plans said the minister, although an insider confirmed that measures include defensive spells and charms, a complex array of countercurses, and a small task force of Aurors dedicated slowly to the protection of Hogwarts School. Most seem reassured by the new minister's tough stand on, On student safety said Mrs. Augusta Longbottom, my grandson, Neville, a good friend of Harry Potter's, incidentally, who fought the Death Eaters alongside him at the ministry in June. And and then the rest of the story was obscured by the large birdcage sitting on top of it. So, but there's other things that are waiting there. So there's that are visible rather. And it says that there is a um, tightly fur- furled scroll that's now laying flat that says, Dear Harry, if it is convenient to you, I shall call at number four Private Drive this coming Friday at 11 p.m. to escort you to the borough where you have been invited to spend the remainder of your school holidays, if you are agreeable. I should also be glad of your assistance in a matter to which I hope to attend on the way to the borough. I shall explain this more fully when I see you. Kindly send your answer by return of this owl. Hoping to see you this Friday, I am yours most sincerely, Albus Dumbledore. So...
0: And like that letter said, Dumbledore arrives at the house to collect Harry. Um, Harry didn't I think I'm not sure if Harry forgot or what was it in the, or not it's not that, that he, he was forgot. Come?
1: That's what it is. He didn't think he was going to come. And it, it actually says, although he already knew it by heart, Harry had been stealing glances at this missive every few minutes since seven o'clock that evening when he had first taken up his position beside his bedroom window, which had a reasonable view of both ends of private drive. And although he sent his answer yes with the delivery owl, he wasn't sure whether Dumbledore was going to come or if he wasn't. And I mean, doesn't that just go to show you the amount of damage that was caused the previous year?
0: Yeah. Because Dumbledore doesn't seem like a reliable, like, (laughs) doesn't seem reliable, but I would say that. You can't look at it that way because Dumbledore had a lot that he was holding on to because he didn't want to burden Harry. Right. And now kind of the kid gloves are off.
1: Yeah, but.
0: They should be at least, but Harry doesn't know that.
1: Here's the problem, though. Harry spent an entire year trying to get Dumbledore's attention, trying to, to see what was going on. And Dumbledore ignored him for a year. Mm -hmm. essentially. A school year, not the entire year year, but a school year. Until the very end. So it's not easy for people to let go feeling ignored. And it makes sense to me that he'd be like, he says he's coming, but I mean, he was supposed to take care of me all last year and he really didn't.
0: Yeah. So... Yeah. Despite Harry having received Dumbledore's letter setting the time, like you we, like we mentioned, and having anxiously awaited Dumbledore's arrival for nearly the entire week, he is astonished and puzzled that Dumbledore is fetching him after only two weeks at the Dursleys. He is further surprised when Dumbledore actually arrives, as are Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia, who Harry never told about Dumbledore's visit.
1: Oh, yeah. So Mistake number We get one. that. It, yeah. Downstairs in the living room, his uncle Vernon shouted, who in the blazes is calling at this time of night? Because remember, the Dursleys really like appearances and getting a call at your house at 11 p.m. out of the ordinary, right? That's just my alarm to remember to eat lunch at one. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we get a... Good evening, you must be mister Dursley. I dare say Harry has told you I was I would be coming for him. And then, shortly thereafter, judging by your look of stunned disbelief, Harry did not warn you that I was coming. However, let us assume that you have invited me warmly into your house. It is unwise unwise to linger over long on doorsteps in these troubled times. Yep. Yeah. So he goes in and Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia are are their usual selves. Dumbledore is like, it's been a long time since my last visit. I must say your Agapanthus are flourishing flowers? Yes. Okay. I don't know names of flowers. But I would assume Agapanthus are flowers because you know Petunia. Mm-hmm. She likes flowers. She likes the garden.
0: Very true. Well, like it's here Dumbledore merely ignores their dismay and makes himself comfortable presenting the Dursley family and Harry with glasses of mead.
1: Yes. Well, because none of them offered him anything. Um, And we get uh, sassy Dumbledore where Vernon is like, I don't mean to be rude. He began in a tone that threatened rudeness in every syllable. To which Dumbledore says... Yet, sadly, accidental rudeness occurs alarmingly often. Best to say nothing at all, my dear man. Ah, and this must be Petunia. I love it. I love the amounts of sass we get from Dumbledore. Like, you know, you're about to say something rude, so you may as well not. Just be quiet. Thanks. K-bye. Um... So there's Petunia wearing some some rubber gloves and a housecoat over her nightdress, clearly halfway through her usual pre-bedtime wipe down of all the kitchen surfaces, clearly. Um So, you know, he goes to to introduce himself because Dumbledore uh cuz Uncle Vernon clearly fails to do an introduction. So he says, um, you know, Albus Dumbledore, we have corresponded, of course, and this must be your son Dudley. And Dudley at that moment peered around the living room door. Um, and Dumbledore says, Shall we assume that you have invited me into your sitting room? And that's when he produces the mead. Um, I would assume that you were going to offer me refreshment, but the evidence so far suggests that you, that would be optimistic to the point of foolishness. And he brings out Madame Rosmerda's finest oak matured mead. I would like some oak matured mead. Have you ever had mead? No. I bet you it's delicious.
0: I mean, it's like fermented honey.
1: That's why I said I bet you it's delicious.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely. <sighs> yeah. Um. So that's when we find out, and Dumbledore explains that Sirius Black, which we all know is Harry's godfather, mm-hmm. has bequeathed Harry all of his possessions, including twelve Grimold Plays creature and Buckbeak. Um. So he, in it, he says, hey, we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, there's something that's arisen that's a, difficult for the Order of the Phoenix. But we have to go over Sirius's will that we discovered a week ago. And he left you everything he owned.
0: Including 12
1: year Yeah. And, of course, this catches Uncle Vernon's attention. Because oh, he's like, oh, Harry's house. got stuff. That's cool.
0: So Harry Harry has a house?
1: Yeah. So he said, you add a reasonable amount of gold to your account at Gringotts, and you inherit all of Sirius's personal possessions, the slightly problematic part of the legacy. And Vernon, I there's nothing that I dislike more than people who have no tact, Alvaro. Because mm-hmm. you know Uncle Vernon... Instead of saying anything useful to the conversation, says his godfather's dead. He's dead. His godfather. Really? Yeah. Really. It's
0: it's frustrating because it's like that's like a, a even though you don't like Harry, like that's still someone who passed away. Like show show a little bit of I don't know, like humanity.
1: Yeah, and Dumbledore is the respect?
0: one. I don't know, dude. Like, chill.
1: Yeah. So Dumbledore says yes. And he did not ask Harry why he had not confided this in the Dursleys. Which, clearly, we understand why. Our problem is that Sirius also left you number 12, Grimmauld Place. He's been left a house? Said Uncle Vernon greedily, his small eyes narrowing, but nobody answered him. You can keep using it as, as headquarters, said Harry. I don't care. You can have it. I don't really want it. Because Harry never wanted to set foot into that house ever again. Um, and Dumbledore, Dumbledore says that's generous. However, we vacated it temporarily. Why? Well, because black family tradition decrees that the house has to be handed down in the direct line. So it usually goes to the next male heir who has the name black um but we know uh Regulus Sirius's brother um well, we find out here Regulus Sirius's brother died before him mm-hmm. so there is no pure there is no black male heir. And he's like, but the problem is that if since there is no black male heir, it might go to the next oldest black family member, which is guess who, Al? Who? Bellatrix Lestrange.
0: Mm, And I I remember that does not sit well with Harry. No. The fact that Sirius' murderer could inherit his house.
1: Yeah, kind of a problem. A little bit. And Dumbledore says, well, obviously we would prefer that she doesn't get it either. (laughs) So, this is a little complicated. Um, And he's like, well, how do you think we can figure out if it's actually been passed down to me? And Dumbledore is like, I got this.
0: Easy enough. There's an, an easy enough method to see if the ownership of the house is yours.
1: And what is that?
0: By summoning creature. And having Harry give him a command.
1: So that's what they do. And Creature is in full Creature form. Is saying won't, won't, won't. Creature won't, Creature won't. Mm-mm. Creature won't go to the Potter, brat. Creature won't. Creature belongs to Miss Bellatrix. Oh yes, Creature belongs to the Blacks. Creature wants his new mistress. Creature won't go to the Potter, brat. Creature won't, won't, won't and he just keeps saying won't 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 over and over again while harry and dumbledore are talking about this and what does harry say as his as his one command to creature creature uh, shut up yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he says creature shut up and it says it looked for a moment as though creature was going to choke he grabbed his throat his mouth still working furiously his eyes bulging after a few seconds of frantic gulping he threw himself face forward onto the carpet on petunia whimpered and beat the floor with his hands and feet giving himself over to a violent but entirely silent tantrum and dumbledore cheerfully responds Well, that simplifies matters. It seemed that Sirius knew what he was doing. You are the rightful owner of Twelve, Grimmauld Place, and of Creature. And And Harry's like, that's cool. I don't want Creature, though.
0: And Dumbledore suggests that Creature should work at Hogwarts, which Harry quickly agrees to. Yes. And also another inheritance, quote unquote. Yes. Is Buckbeak. Yes. And so they decide to... Rename well, they've already renamed him. Yes, and put him in in Hagrid's care temporarily. His, his new decided.
1: name is Witherwings.
0: Wings. Yes, uh, but they decided to make that permanent, a permanent thing for yeah. Dumb- for Hagrid to get Buckbeak back.
1: And Dumbledore is like, Hagrid will be delighted. Yes. Yeah, and that's when Dumbledore is like, "Do you have your trunk packed? We gotta go." And Harry's like, mm, um,
0: "Doubtful that I would turn up."
1: yes i'll just go and uh, finish up and it takes him 10 minutes he's just got to grab everything and throw everything in the trunk including his um invisibility cloak that's the thing at the very top
0: yes well
1: so with one one hand dragging the trunk and the other hand holding hedwig's cage he comes back hoping that they won't that they'll be in the entrance of the house so instead of, yeah, he's ready to go.
0: But, no. No. Uh, Dumbledore is still in the, the the sitting room, and this whole thing is actually uh, very important.
1: Yeah, we're going to read the last, like, two pages. I'm yeah. sorry, that's what's going to happen.
0: Okay, so um, Harry tells Dumbledore that he's ready to go, and uh, Dumbledore says, Good. "'Just one last thing, then,' and he turned to speak to the Dursleys once more. "'As you will no doubt be aware, Harry comes of age in a year's time.'
1: "'No,' said Aunt Petunia, speaking for the first time since Dumbledore's arrival.
0: "'I'm sorry,' said Dumbledore politely.
1: "'No, he doesn't. "'He's a month younger than Dudley, and Dudders doesn't turn eighteen until the year after next.'
0: "'Ah,' said Dumbledore pleasantly. "'But in the Wizarding World, we come of age at seventeen.
1: Uncle Vernon muttered preposterous, but Dumbledore ignored him.
0: Now, as you already know, the wizard called Lord Voldemort has returned to this country. The wizarding community is currently in a state of open warfare. Harry, whom Lord Voldemort has already attempted to kill on a number of occasions, is in even greater danger now than the day when I left him upon your doorstep 15 years ago, with a letter explaining about his parents' murder and expressing the hope that you would care for him as though he were your own. Dumbledore paused, and although his voice remained light and calm, and he gave no obvious sign of anger, Harry felt a kind of chill emanating from him and noticed that the Dursleys drew very slightly closer together. "'You did not do as I asked. You have never treated Harry as a son. He has done nothing but neglect and often cruelty at your hands.' The best that can be said is that he has at least escaped the appalling damage you have inflicted upon the unfortunate boy sitting between you.
1: Both Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon looked around instinctively, as though expecting to see someone other than Dudley squeezed between them. Us? Mistreat Dudders? What do you... Began Uncle Vernon furiously, but Dumbledore raised his finger for silence, a silence which fell as though he had struck Uncle Vernon dumb.
0: The magic I evoked 15 years ago means that Harry has powerful protection while he can still call this house home. However miserable he has been, however unwelcome, however badly treated, you have at least, grudgingly, allowed him house room. This magic will cease to operate the moment that Harry turns 17. In other words, at the moment he becomes a man. I ask only this, that you allow Harry to return once more to this house before his 17th birthday, which will ensure that the protection continues until that time.
1: None of the Dursleys said anything. Dudley was frowning slightly, as though he was still trying to work out when he had ever been mistreated. Uncle Vernon looked as though he had something stuck in his throat. Aunt Petunia, however, was oddly flushed.
0: Well, Harry, time for us to be off, said Dumbledore at last, standing up and straightening his long black cloak, until we meet again he said to the Dursleys, who looked as though that moment could wait forever as far as they were concerned, and after doffing his hat, he swept off from the room.
1: Bye, said Harry hastily to the Dursleys, and followed Dumbledore, who paused beside Harry's trunk, um, upon which Hedwig's cage was perched.
0: We do not want to be encumbered by these just now, he said, putting out his wand again. Uh, I shall send them to the borough to await us there. However, I would like you to bring your invisibility cloak, just in case.
1: Harry extracted his cloak from his trunk with some difficulty, trying not to show Dumbledore the mess within. When he had stuffed it into an inside pocket of his jacket, Dumbledore waved his wand and the trunk, cage, and Hedwig vanished. I almost said vanquished. That's Mm -hmm. great. Dumbledore then waved his wand again and the front door opened onto cool, misty darkness.
0: And now, Harry, let us step out into the night and pursue that flighty, Temptress Adventure.
1: I mean, he's a man of some words, that Dumbledore. He,
0: I remember when I read that for the first time, even now, I don't know if you noticed, but I got like a little like choked up a little bit. Yeah. No one has ever actually stood up for Harry the, to what the Dursleys did to him.
1: No, that's not true.
0: It's they, So they...
1: At the end of the last book, everyone stood up and said don't mess with him Yeah, because yeah, if you mess with him we're gonna come yeah, after yeah. you but
0: we're talking about his present situation yeah and they've talked a little bit about like how could they they've almost, they, they they were starving him mom, all that stuff in in two but no one has ever 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 been like how dare you abuse this child who was put in your care how dare you who
1: is a blood relative of yours yes so that's the thing. If I'm not saying that it's ever okay to be anything but loving and wonderful to a child, never. However, it's understandable that if they're not related to you, that you may not feel a certain sense of affection you towards have children. Familial life, yeah. But you, like if I see some random kid walking down the street, I'm not going to be like, oh, I love them. No, I don't know them. However, on a fundamental level, I want nothing bad to happen to them. You know? Mm-hmm. And and if for whatever reason they happen to come under my care because something ridiculous happened, then I would treat them with all the love in the world that they need. Why? Because I'm a decent human being. Harry is Harry. Sorry. Harry. Not Harry. That's something else. <laughs> Harry at, we're from New Jersey it happens Harry, although he's there's cut- he's dudley's cousin he's petunia's sister's child, and they treated him not like a relative. Not even worse than they would a stranger, because with strangers, at least they would want to keep up the semblance of being good people. They treated him worse than they would a stranger.
0: They treated him subhuman. Yes. He wasn't even allowed a bedroom.
1: Not until magic came into play. And then they gave him... Growing up, he was
0: not allowed a bedroom. Imagine, like your cousin you're living with your cousin and they have a an amazing But they have two bedrooms one for themselves one for their toys and you are forced to live under the stairs
1: yeah and in this chapter um harry's looking at the clock in his room which used to be dudley's second room the smaller one and the clock that he's looking at is an alarm clock that he fixed that used to be Dudley's, but Dudley broke it. So he doesn't have, even have his own stuff. The stuff he has is Dudley's cast-offs. Cast mm-hmm. The things Dudley broke, the things that Dudley no longer wants to have, that's Harry's stuff. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous to me. And like you said, I'm, you're right. Dumbledore finally said something to someone about it, to them directly, and was like, you haven't done anything that I asked you to do. Nothing. You treated him like crap. What the actual hell is wrong with you?
0: And from their reactions, I mean...
1: They didn't even have reactions.
0: No, they didn't. The one who had a reaction was Petunia. She was oddly flushed. She recognized that she was wrong whether she'll ever admit it or apologize it's not that's never going to happen she's too proud of a person vernon definitely doesn't think he did anything wrong like that kid has nothing to do with me and he's kind of right that's not his blood relative it is the relative of the, the woman he married but like what does that have to do with him ever so technically really
1: well nothing because petunia's never done anything for anyone other than her husband and her child Exactly, so why 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 would he
0: ever feel guilt?
1: Oh, he never will. He never does.
0: Mm -hmm. The only people, maybe Petunia feels a bit of guilt, and the one in the end who feels the most guilt is Dudley. Yeah. That's a little bit of a spoiler, but you'll find out soon.
1: Yeah, we only have another book after this. And then we get to move on to all the other stuff. Yay! yee partner. <laughs> but that's that's where we're at. Like, Dumbledore finally says something. Oh, and what we didn't mention, that's mentioned here, that we should mention, is that Harry notices there's something wrong with Dumbledore's hand. Mm-hmm. Harry notices that his hand, one of his hands, is looking black, black and, and shriveled. Uh, yeah.
0: But Dumbledore only says he will explain it later. We skipped that little part. Actually, very relevant. Yes. Uh, we which is why we
1: mention it chapter. now. Yes. Like, what is going on with Dumbledore?
0: What? His hands are a little freaky, a little dirty.
1: <laughs> I think more than a little dirty, but yeah. We'll find out, won't we?
0: Okay, I got some hand sanitizer for you.
1: You do. I'm looking at a giant bottle of it right here, and look, there's another bottle. It's not full, but the one is full and the other one is like a quarter. You could give them the one that's a quarter.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know oh. Dumbledore
1: <laughs> Okay, and with that we're at the end of the chapter. Yes. Alright, let's find out what happens next. We'll talk to you later, bye. Next time
0: on the Dueling Club. Whoa. <gasps>
1: Was that the appropriate sound? Yes. Okay, cool. Why? Well, it was okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.